Hello, everyone. This is Pastor Becky Brown. I'm one of the associate pastors here at First United Methodist Church in Waynesville, North Carolina. You're about to listen to the sermon from worship this week. You can also watch this service online through our YouTube channel. You can just search FUMC Waynesville on YouTube or join us in person at 9 a.m. or 11 a.m. every Sunday. Thanks for listening, and we hope this sermon challenges, inspires, and invigorates your faith. May God bless you. Nehemiah wept when he heard the news. He was in Susa when they came. Susa was the capital city of the Persian Empire. And Nehemiah, he was the cupbearer to uh, the Persian king. It was a pretty prominent position, actually. Uh, it wasn't just, you know, like doing the work of a butler. Like, the cupbearer was the personal advisor to the king. Um, and so, Hanani and a group of other men, they had come from Judah, and, and they found Nehemiah. And so, Nehemiah was asking them about uh, the people in Jerusalem who had survived the attack. You know, like, those who survived the attack, those who... Uh, escaped captivity. How are they doing? Uh, he inquired about their well-being. Well, uh, Hanani and, and those others who had just come from there, they were like, oh, it's, it's not good. Um, the, the people are in trouble, and there's, there's shame, and, and there's disgrace. And they, they talked about the, um, the walls of the city uh, being torn down. They talked about the, the gates of Jerusalem having been destroyed by fire. So Nehemiah, he sat down and he wept for days and he mourned for days and he spent all this time in, in prayer and fasting and, and he called out to God and he, he says, you know, O Lord, uh, awesome God of, of heaven. And, and he said uh, this in a descriptive way, uh, God who keeps covenant and steadfast love. It's the language of covenant. Now, a covenant with God is not a contract with God. Um, I have a contract with my plumber. And the plumber actually came over on Monday. Um, the shower is leaking into the basement. I said to him, the shower is leaking into the basement. So, the nature of our relationship is that he'll fix it and I'll pay him. Uh, I'll give him cash, and he'll fix the leak. Um, I'm not going to say after, hey, let's go grab a cup of coffee. Let's, let's go hang out or something. Uh, no. Um, he looks at it, and he's like, oh, this is really bad. I, I don't know if I'm going to be able to fix this. It, it, it might, like, destroy the tile in the, in the shower. Um, he says, I'm going to... You know, I'm going to have to go back to the shop and, and talk to my boss about this. And I'm like, well, I said, well, that's fine. I, I, have, a, I have a really good tile guy. Um, the shower needs to be fixed. Now, he goes to, to, to talk to his boss. If he had never come back, uh, I, I would have just moved on. I'm like, we're done. I would have forgotten about him. I, I would have found another plumber. Uh, a, a covenant with God is something entirely different. The Bible talks about our covenant relationship with God um, really in kind of intimate family relationships. So it's, it's more like my um, relationship 
with my mom, you know? Um, so if I don't show up for dinner, my mom doesn't just move on. Um, there's an obligation there. Uh, a parent's obligation is, in this relationship with their kids, is, is to make sure that they're fine. So my mom finds me. She searches through the house. She goes out and stands in the yard as the last bits of the summer daylight are hanging on by a thread and she, she shouts my name. Um, my, my mom finds me um, because it's a different kind of, of relationship. Uh, it's, it's this relationship that's um, unconditional and it, it's steadfast um, and, and there's a commitment there. So in Jeremiah's prayer, he's, he's weeping and, and he's, he's fasting and he's mourning and, uh, well, well let me just read to you uh, parts, of his, parts of his prayer. Uh, he's weeping over the sins of the people too uh, and, and he says as much in his prayer. Wind's blowing a little bit. Let your ear be attentive, he says to God. Uh, open your eyes to hear the prayer of your servant that I now pray before you day and night for your servants, the people of Israel, confessing the sins of the people of Israel, which we have sinned against you. Both I and my family have sinned. We have offended you deeply, failing to keep the commandments, the statutes, and the ordinances that you commanded your servant Moses. And then listen to this. He reminds God, remember the word that you commanded your servant Moses. If you are unfaithful, I will scatter you among the peoples. But if you return to me and keep my commandments and do them, though your outcasts are under the farthest skies, I will gather them and bring them to me. And then it says, they are your servants and your people whom you redeemed by your great power and your strong hand. And it's this, it's this prayer that's full of memory uh, of, of the covenant, of the redemption, of God um, rescuing and, and redeeming His people from the, the land of Egypt. So, when you read the rest of the story in Nehemiah, you realize that Nehemiah goes to Jerusalem. He gets permission from King Artaxerxes and he rebuilds the wall. You know, a wall is a good thing. A good wall can, like, it can hold back the tide. A, a good wall can um, hold back the mountain, keep it from eroding into your house or, or into your garden. And in this case, a good wall enabled the people of Israel to rebuild their lives um, in safety uh, and in peace. And not only did they build the wall and restore the gates, so it kept the enemies at, at bay, but they also rebuilt their relationship with God. They were reintroduced to the book of the law. And so the people gathered as an entire assembly and, and they confessed as a whole group and they wore sackcloth uh, and, and they were praying and they were worshiping the Lord. Jesus wept when he saw the city. He was coming into Jerusalem and he wept saying, if only you had recognized the things that make for peace. But you didn't. 
And so now your, your enemies are going to come at you and they're going to set up ramparts against you and they're going to they're going to hem you in on every side. He says like they're going to crush you, crush you to the ground, and your children are going to get caught up in this. And, and Jesus says they're not going to leave one stone standing, like every wall is going to be torn down. He says because you didn't recognize this time of visitation from God. And, and maybe, maybe you remember uh, Jesus saying like, oh, how I longed to to gather you to myself as a, as a hen gathers her brood un, under her wing. It's that, it's that mama covenant thing. So, so Jesus is, is weeping for the people because they have sinned, because they've broken the covenant. These, these Sundays in Lent, uh, we're going to be following Jesus through the last 24 hours of his life. Uh, and it's not an easy time, but it, it begins with our text. Um, it's, it's the story of the Last Supper. And so, so Jesus and his disciples are at the table and they're celebrating together uh, this, this Passover meal. Now, the Passover meal, um, it's a commemoration. Like it's a, it's a celebration of a God who sets free. And so like the, the context of the meal um, is, is from the story in Exodus uh, where God liberates God's people uh, from slavery uh, and, and sets them free. And so from, from slavery in Egypt. And so um, Jesus is at the table w- with the disciples and you know this is the story that's, that's in all of their minds. Um, it's, a, it's a meal that's full of memory. Uh, the, the liturgy takes them through the story, and every part of it is intentional. So Jesus uh, takes the bread and, and he breaks it, and, and his words begin to, to bring new meaning and, and new life in, into this very old ritual. And then he takes the cup, and after everybody has a drink from it, uh, he says, this is my blood of the covenant. Uh, It's a new covenant. And the prophet Jeremiah saw it coming. Uh, In in Jeremiah chapter 31, he says, The days are surely coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah. It will not be like the covenant that I made with their ancestors when I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt, a covenant that they broke, though I was their husband, says the Lord. But this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days. I will put my law within them, and I will write it on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. No longer shall they teach one another or say to each other, Know the Lord, for they shall know me. All of them shall know me, from the least of them to the greatest, says the Lord, for I will forgive their iniquity and remember their sin no more. So Jesus... Uh, he restores the breach. He repairs the breach. He rebuilds or restores this wall uh, that has crumbled under the weight of our sin. So what about you and me? What makes us weep? I'm sure 
an easy first answer would, would be we make ourselves weep. When we are reintroduced to God, when we are reintroduced to the book of the law, uh, we encounter the Holy Spirit of God in one way or another and we become painfully aware of our own sin. We know why God was weeping. We're the cause of it. I, I think sometimes uh, we, we weep um, because we see the, the walls of a, a family have fallen down. Um, maybe we weep because there's a marriage that's in ruins. Maybe it's ours. You know, we weep for people. People break. We break so easily and in so many different ways. And our lives just feel like they're falling apart. You know, a lot of people know what it's like to be in exile or to be in captivity. And they don't ever have to leave home or, or leave their town. Uh, we weep because uh, the walls of a, of a great denomination are crumbling. And this is the thing that really gets me about um, Nehemiah. Like, it's such a great story, and yet when he gets there, he excludes people. Like, the gates get rebuilt, and then they're locked shut, and there are guards there. There are, like, even people within the family, but who have married outside of the family. And it's like, you have to go away. You have to divorce your wives. The women and the children, they have to leave. Like, it's awful. And I think that's not the kind of vision. That's not the kind of kingdom uh, that God envisioned. In fact, um, Isaiah, in, in chapter 42, says this. I am the Lord. I have called you in righteousness. I have taken you by the hand and kept you. I have given you as a covenant to the people. I have given you as a covenant to the people, a light to the nations, to open the eyes that are blind, to bring out the prisoners from the dungeon, from the prison those who sit in darkness. You know, a, a wall can be a good thing, but, but sometimes restoring the breach requires tearing down the wall and probably building a bridge. So, O oh Lord, God of heaven, great and awesome God who keeps covenant and steadfast love, help us with that. Amen.